Hey, it's Bruce here. So I'm going to be in Philly in a just a couple of days, and I would love to see you, love to get in some games with you. Feel free, reach out. Uh, I'm probably most easily easily found on, on Twitter. I am Manaburned on Twitter. And uh, if you're there, uh, look for the tall guy with the, like this, but, you know, but like this, because, you know, mask and all that. So um, just sort of uh, keep a lookout. Uh, like I said, love to play some games. Uh, I will be around all weekend long, probably gaming. Uh, so uh, watch, for me at, watch for me at various tables and, uh, you know, hey, I'm 6'4". When I'm walking, you'll see me. Hope to, hope to see you all at Philly. Hey, this is a great one. We're on YouTube, right? Check it out. I can make horse sounds with my face. Ooh. Ooh. You look like a horse, yeah. too. Exactly. They got the whole cheek thing waving all over the place. It's awesome. Amazing. It, yeah. Quality. <laughs> excellent speaking excellent of horses. video content for those of you who are missing out. Yeah. Speaking of horses, we got a whole lot Ooh. of animals to talk about today, so let's jump into it. Yes! Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Uh, and, like I said, talking about animals. This is a topic that I know of fleetingly, and I'm expecting you, Bruce, to help me out with this, because it's been a th it, apparently, it's been a thing in the magic world uh for a so while. Yeah, i'm not talking about so, creature types either no so what we're talking about here is um it's a method to determine the the strength of a magic card in multiplayer magic mm -hmm. um anthony alonji was the one who came up with uh with the uh, with the animals what he does is he looks at a card and rates it according to each of the animals and depending on how you like to play magic, you might give one one animal a bigger percentage of the rating than others. For those of you who don't know, there is something called the multiplayer uh, multiplayer magic uh, hall of fame for magic cards. Anthony started it, did an amazing job, uh, and then several years later, I jumped in with a handful of friends, and we continued that going. However, it's been like eight or ten years. I think, well, no, maybe not that long, but it's been a long time since uh, since it's been updated. And as we know, Wizards is putting out uh, as many magic cards as existed every two years. So it's uh, it's a little difficult now to, to, to maintain it. But these uh, the animals are just a, an easy method you know, of how to rate the cards. So, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, because yeah. I, like, the... The way I know about this is, I, I think, like, probably the most self-explanatory one, um, and probably yeah. the most used one, honestly, uh, which is a rattlesnake. Um, yeah. And from my understanding, a rattlesnake is something that 
is very obvious on board um, that deters people from not necessarily interacting with you, but in some way deterring an opponent from doing something that would be a, a big pain for you. Yeah, Rattlesnake is an obvious deterrent. It, yeah. it, you play the card, it goes on the battlefield, and it screams out, you know, whatever it is you're looking to say. You know, attack somebody else, don't attack me, don't attack anybody. Attack somebody I'm, make, I'm insisting that you do. You know, there's, there's all kinds of ways to look at it, but in the end, Rattlesnake is just basically, is, it's, a, it's an obvious statement that you should not do stuff to me. And this is this is different than like say like propaganda. Like propaganda literally says like attack elsewhere unless you want to pay two. But this is more like you will and like maybe maybe I'm wrong, but this this from my understanding is more like thrashing Brontodon, where it's a you know, a three four for three or whatever, and then you pay to activate it to destroy target artifact or enchantment. Like Right. Uh, yes. Like propaganda, propaganda mm-hmm. is more of a cockroach card. Now we'll discuss cockroaches later. A rattlesnake. Say, uh, yeah, a big, a big beefy creature, or a um, uh, what's the what's the it's the untargetable wall. It's like a one eight, um, and it's a, essentially the wall just screams, "Don't come at me." It says, go somewhere else. My friend Abe Sargent wrote an article way back in 2012 that listed off a lot of these. And I think one of the most, one of the easiest ways to describe it is Seal of Doom. Mm. Seal of Doom is an enchantment. It sits on the battlefield and you can sack it at any point to destroy target non-black creature. Okay, very straightforward. So don't do anything to me or I'm going to destroy the creature that you're trying to do it with. It's very evident. It is no different than the coiled rattlesnake sitting there rattling its tail. It's warning you, just stay the hell away. That's all these cards are doing. Whether it's a massive creature that is going to destroy their creature, it's all about the warning. This this card is not about the surprise. This is not a gotcha card. This is a, I am telling you to stay away. Mm. The best part about, the rattles, about a rattlesnake card is generally, like it comes out and it can do something that, that others don't want. <clears throat> the idea, though, is that its effectiveness isn't in the fact that it's going to do it. The effectiveness in the, is in the fact that it could. It, yeah. it's, it, it's always hanging there as something that could happen. So one opponent looks at that, you know, if you have, like, well, let, let's use Seal of Doom. It's, it's an easy uh, example. If I play Seal of Doom and, Andy, it's your turn next, and you have two creatures, and you're deciding who to attack, and you look at my board, and you're like, well, if I attack Bruce, he's going to destroy one of my creatures with that Seal of Doom. So I'm not going to attack Bruce. I'm going to go somewhere else. So you attack somewhere else, and I don't kill your creature because it's not threatening me. Mm -hmm. Then the next person plays, and they also have two creatures, and they look at the board, and they're like, wow, if I go after Bruce, he's going to kill one of my creatures. So I'm going to swing somewhere else. So he sends his two creatures at Andy. And then the third player, we doing this right? Also, have, this this guy has three creatures. Well, he still doesn't want any of his creatures to die, so he swings them elsewhere. 
So what just happened in that round? A single Seal of Doom protected me against seven creatures. Mm. And all Seal of Doom does is kill one. So the idea is you really don't want to burn it right away. You want to save it. You want it to be that threat that sits out there and constantly discourages people from swinging at you. And that's what, that's what a rattlesnake does. And that's why it's so valuable, especially in multiplayer games where sometimes it's better to not have the gotcha because the gotcha works once. If I'm using the gotcha card, I've got it in hand, you swing at me, I go, gotcha, and I get your creature. <laughs> Great. And the next guy is like, I bet he doesn't have another one, and he swings at me. Yeah. And I don't have another one. And then the next guy, like, well, we already know Bruce doesn't have anything. He would have played it last time. I'll go after him. So that's the benefit of the rattlesnake. Um, and that's why so many people talk about it and why it's such a big part of the value aspect of a lot of ma- of a lot of the multiplayer cards. Yeah, and I think too, especially with rattlesnakes, like obviously as the person with the rattlesnake, you have this flexibility to use it or not use it. And you can wind up holding on to it far longer than you'd ever think just because like you don't need to use it. Because like, you know, if people have moderate threats on board, they're all going to assume that each other are going to be the ones targeted if everyone just leaves right. them alone. So like right. um with Seal of Doom, there's obviously also this other layer of like, okay, now I just don't play non black creatures until it's gone. Uh so that I'm not the most like my creature's not the most threatening or whatever. Sounds good. If I'm the guy holding <laughs> the Seal of Doom, that sounds great to me. You you do that. You exactly you mute your mute your board for however many turns until that seal of doom finally goes away. All in favor of that. Love that. Mm. Um, another piece, the card doesn't necessarily have to be sitting on the battlefield. If there's a card in your graveyard and you can put it back in your hand, everybody knows that it, what the card is in your hand. Sure, I would prefer to have it sitting on the battlefield so people get a constant reminder that it's in my hand, or that it's on the battlefield, as opposed to a card that's in your hand that you're sort of being like, well, you know, I've got four cards in hand, and you know one of them is this Cyclonic Rift. Okay. I mean, that's effective, but, you know, I would I would prefer to see something on the battlefield so I don't have to say that. Because, you know, if I have to remind folks about my rattlesnake... Uh, at some point, people just get ticked and they're just like, you know what? This just needs to happen now. Come in your yeah. way. Let's get rid of this thing. And to be honest, with Rattlesnake cards, quite often, the best move, make them use it. Yeah, don't absolutely. Give the, don't, yeah, you don't want that person sitting there forever. And you in our, just in our example. So, Andy, you're the first one to swing. You already know that no one else is going to that no one's going to swing at me because I can kill one of their creatures, which means that it's more likely they're going to swing at you. So almost the best thing you can do is to swing into that rattlesnake card. Yes, you're going to lose your creature, but Bruce is going to lose that seal of doom, and then everybody's going to be like, "Ooh, open season on Bruce." Yeah, or 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 open season on Andy because you tapped your creature to do it, but. You get what I'm saying here. The, you know, you yeah. do want to, you know, when opponents are playing rattlesnake cards, 
It just means that they're discouraging people from attacking them, which ups the odds that they're going to attack you. So, yeah, and I think with rattlesnakes too, like with with calling them on it, with making them use it, that gives them the option to also still not use it. Like, I mean, you like come rushing in with your creatures, tr- like st- like trying to provoke them to use it, and it's going to go either one of two ways: they use it, and one of your creatures get destroyed, uh, or they don't and you get through with all this damage which is like you know what you were trying to do anyway um and i think the great thing about them using it is like most of the time generally rattlesnakes are like well okay like you have to sacrifice the thing or you know there's some sort of like bigger cost to using it than just leaving it be pat letting it be passive um and so like say with seal of doom specifically uh they use it now you're free to play your non-black creatures so like right they like as the player playing the rattlesnake they have to figure out uh whether you're like this is just trying to provoke it to then get out the bigger thing it's like it's like uh it's like with counters you know um trying to trying to fish out the counter to get the bigger stuff out later um yeah but yeah that's rattlesnake uh i think we could probably do a whole episode on rattlesnakes but uh they're i think we'd be ended we'd end up saying a lot of the same things over and over so i i think once you you know the just the creature really does describe exactly what we're looking for here yeah if I say that this is a rattlesnake t- style of card, I think most people pretty much understand what we're talking about here. So, yeah, um, I th- yeah, I, I think out of all of them, it's fairly the most like, like you could just say it and people get it. So, right. Uh, you you want to move on to spider? Sure. Cool. <clears throat> so the spider, um, a card that's like a spider. Now, this one is far less descriptive, but it's still there. A spider card is something that comes out of nowhere. Um, and usually it, it's coming out of nowhere and destroys stuff. Or it, Basically, it's the surprise card. A card like Cross and Grip. Uh, you know, a flash creature that has death touch. Your opponent is probably losing a card because you're probably dropping it during their, uh, their attack. Um, they have the same attitude as a rattlesnake. The, the end result is, is the same. In both cases, something bad happens to your opponents. But with the spider, it's coming out of nowhere. It's the surprise aspect. So, I, you know, I just talked about the Cyclonic Rift that people knew was in your hand. Yeah, this is Cyclonic Rift when nobody knows it's in your hand. That's what a spider is. Hmm. Um, virtually every creature that has flash, almost every card that's an instant is a spider. Um, hmm. It's really hard to have a card that is both a rattlesnake and a spider because just because of the way the the way the play style is set if you're you know if you're rattlesnake you're there you're visible you're warning people away without actually doing anything the rattlesnake is the rattlesnake is not lashing out and biting you it's warning you away so you don't get bit the spider is just sort of sitting off to the side waiting for you to walk into the trap and then bam they've got you yeah so that's sort of what we're looking at. So, like, the value in the rattlesnake is the threat. 
where you can continue to push off any sort of or like deter any sort of attack upon you or you know whatever you want uh while right. spider is more like like where does the value come in like i guess it would just be like because it's out of nowhere yeah yeah i mean think about any any combat trick Mm-hmm. The combat, the, the value of a combat trick is that nobody knows it's coming. So people, you know, they set up their blocks and then it's like, ah, here comes my combat trick. So now suddenly my creatures are huge or have trample or whatever. Um, so, I mean, the difficulty here is that when we're talking about multiplayer, that, that card that comes out of nowhere more often tends to go after a single individual. Now, that's not always the case. I mean... You can flash mass removal and you're hitting everybody. You can, you know, there are ways to do it to everyone, but more often than not, you're doing it to one person. Um, and people tend to value the rattlesnake more than the spider just because you're getting a long, you know, ideally, you're getting a long term benefit. Like I just described with the Seal of Doom, how you get mm. multiple turns with one card. With the spider, you're getting one, you know, hopefully one brutal hit. Um, but you know, it can, it can be a lot of different things. I mean, there are plenty of, uh, you know, I give all my creatures indestructible. So, you know, the crushing attack that somebody thought they were getting in on you, turns out it doesn't do anything because your creatures just block and don't die. Um, it's that kind of thing. So, uh, um, yeah. you know, it, you definitely want to have spider cards in your deck. Um, you know, just, I wouldn't, like I said, I, I think rattlesnake generally are tend to be more powerful but I, I mean so often the spider card is is what's is what's putting putting the finishing the final blow it's the finishing yeah. touch so like things um, like uh heroic intervention is a great yeah. example of a spider card because it it, it ends right. up turning the tide as well um because right. if they're like you know going all out turning sideways uh it's just a great little like usually yeah you get it <laughs> uh, yeah and obviously um spider cards are, are much stronger in certain decks mm-hmm. um you know it becomes a case of what is the play style what is your deck trying to do um i mean if your deck is vorthos then yeah you want to have some things that show your creatures big but every once in a while you want to be able to surprise somebody and think who thinks, yeah, your commander's going to hit me for four. Well, surprise, it's actually 12. Or something along that line. Um, and a rattlesnake card isn't going to do that. Because it's mm. just sitting there and everybody knows what's about to happen. So if you're swinging, they know they have to deal with certain things. Because the rattlesnake is not about surprise, but the spider definitely is. Yeah. It's interesting, too. And, like, obviously I don't want to get too deep into this, but, like... Um the the balance between rattlesnakes and spiders in a multiplayer format versus like two like one on one yeah um yeah or even as much as uh the beginning of a commander game versus the end of a commander game uh right because obviously like seal of doom isn't going to be like people like your your opponent will know it will be their one of their creatures if it's just down to you and them. Uh, right. But uh, well, even so, well, here. it still can hold 
some sort of value. Yeah. I mean, if it's one-on-one, mm-hmm. there's no rattlesnake value to Seal of Doom anymore. Right. It's going to be one of your creatures. It's just a question of which one. In fact, a rattlesnake one-on-one just means that Andy's looking at the board and going, okay, I'm going to play this creature first and hope that he, hope that he hits it with that. And then I'll pay out the good one the next turn. Yeah. Whereas if I've got a spider, a terror, or a you know a murder or whatever, that's my spider card. It's way better because at that point you're not necessarily counting on me having, you know, springing removal on you. So you're going to play your best card to try and win faster. In that case, the spider's the better card. There's a time and a place for each of these each of these options. I, you know, I do think Rattlesnake is generally better more often than a spider card, but that's a personal preference more than, more oh, than for anything sure. else, I think. And so. I think, too, it kind of comes down to your meta. I mean, I know that we're not yeah. uh, necessarily a hugely political meta, uh, at least verbally. But I think right. that uh, Rattlesnake cards can do a lot of the talking for you. Um, so if you want your games to be a little bit more politically minded and like you know right. making deals and stuff but you don't have necessarily the the wherewithal to to carry that conversation amongst the table rattlesnake right. cards are are your go-to yeah rattles a rattlesnake is also going to work better in a lower powered meta where you're going to see more turns in your game that's true yeah i mean you know because the card is more likely to sit out longer than in a game that you know, if you're playing a game that's going to end in, at turn six or turn seven, mm. your rattlesnake card is going to come out, and you're pretty much going to have to use it soon, or else you're just wasting your opportunity. Whereas a spider card, I mean, if you're playing things that fast, the deterrent aspect of the rattlesnake gets reduced. So, yeah, just, you know, just something to consider. All right, we got one more in this bug-like right. category. In this this creepy crawly category uh, before we head off to break. It's called Cockroach. Right. So I mentioned Cockroach earlier. Um, The idea behind a Cockroach card is that essentially it has an ability on it. And the longer it stays on the board, uh, the better the the card gets. Okay. So, um, oh, what's what's it? Assemble the Legion is an enchantment that puts out a soldier token. And you put a counter on it. And then every every upkeep, you add another counter, and then you get that many soldier tokens. Oh, okay. So obviously, the longer it stays out, the stronger the card gets. That's a cockroach card, because it has an ability that, that, can, that stays on the board for a long time and eventually creates momentum. Yeah, or even something as simple as, like, Cryptgast. Cryptgast, I feel like, is a cockroach card, because it, like... Yeah. As, as your turns go on, obviously you're building up your land base, so then it's getting more powerful that way, but you're also extorting people. So, like, sure. turn after turn, you're, you're draining them. Um, right, and the, longer, and the longer it stays out, the more lands you're playing, so therefore the, the even more exactly. powerful the card gets. So, yeah, that's, that's a great example of it. Um, I, I think with, with Propaganda and what's the white one? Uh, uh, ghostly Prison. prison. Ghostly Prison, thank you. Yeah. Um, I think with those, I think why they don't feel right to be rattlesnakes is because there's no, like, if they come after you, you get to, like, you know, 
then unleash the threat because they're on yeah, board. They're just onboard threats, is what yeah, they are. There's no there's no bang. There's no right. big threat. It's just this just is. It yeah. Is. And that's more a that's more along the lines of the cockroach. Um Yeah. I I like cockroach cards. Um or at least to like view how and I mean, like, that's the thing here, right? Is, like, right. this isn't necessarily, like, oh, this card is this thing. And you should yeah. find more cockroaches or whatever. You, it's just looking at cards, trying to figure out how uh, how they they would rate within these parameters. Um, right. To kind of fill in empty spaces in your deck or, like, understand and uh, evaluate cards as they're being released. And, um, you know, you might find that you play more rattlesnakes or more cockroaches. Because, um, like, I, I, I love to play cockroaches because, I mean, any anybody who loves value loves things right. just inherently getting better as time goes on. Right. Um, and again, I mean, we just, we just talked about this a second ago. Obviously, a cockroach card is a card that's going to be better in a meta that has longer games. Because you're right. going to get the effect more often. You're going to get more use out of it because it, it goes on longer. Um, whereas uh, a shorter game, maybe you're not looking for a cockroach necessarily. You're looking for something that's going to give you a little more bang right off the start. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's a... So far from what we've seen, they seem like solid designations of like how to evaluate cards with some sort of respect to one another rather than it being good or bad it's cockroach it's rattlesnake um so that you can understand more of like even what your commander's trying to do you know right Uh, you know you've got like a commander like like nevenerol the the commander legends uh print yeah of the 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 dude and uh you know like that is classic rattlesnake you know you you get to sack absolutely do the thing you know and so right it's and honestly most most of your commanders there is a rattlesnake value to every single commander because it's sitting there they don't know when you're going to cast it but it's there and they're aware of it that in itself gives it at least some level of rattlesnake. Now, maybe it's not the massive deterrent that you're that, that you really think about when it comes to a rattlesnake, but it's always there. And remember, most of the time, your commander is a creature. <clears throat> and if you can play out your creature, that's going to act as a deterrent. And if folks know it's right there and could come out at any moment, that's the it has that deterrent aspect. Now, you can argue that your commander also has a little bit of spider because they don't know exactly when it's coming, but that's pretty minimal. I mean, yeah. the card is unless there. Unless it has flash, it's it. going to be... Yeah, unless it's <clears throat> got flash, it's going to be on your turn, so... Right, and uh, as far as Cockroach, I mean, a commander that costs two mana is going to have a better Cockroach rating, most likely, than a commander that costs seven. Mm. Just because that one that costs two can get out early, and the effect can be, you know, extended over a period of time. Most of my commanders probably are Cockroaches. When you look at cards like... Uh, I mean, we just talked about a number of my decks that do uh, repeatable triggers uh, recently. Uh, so, like Emil, Grenzo, these are all cards 
that just get better as the game goes on if you leave them out there and you get way more value that way. I mean, yeah. Grenzo also acts as a rattlesnake because, you know, for two mana, I can flip over the bottom card. You don't know, you know, so there's always that threat. And there's the spider aspect there too because you don't know what's coming. Mm. It's wide open. But I don't know that it's necessarily all that good a spider because I also don't know what's coming. <laughs> so it could be it could be nothing. So the the spider is supposed to be something that comes out of nowhere but i mean you're supposed to at least know it's coming that's, yes yeah um less we've got yeah we've got a few more animals to go through <clears throat> yep uh, but we're gonna throw it to break sounds um, good i'm pretty excited about all this uh i'm gonna fill up my water and uh we'll see you when we get back sounds good <laughs> episode of the Temple of Thoughtspot is brought to you by Pigeons. Why, because it's crapping all over the place? Hey! Hey! Oh! This episode of Temple of Thoughtspot is brought to you by Ambush Viper! Ha! Gotcha! Now back to you. All right, we're back. We're back. I got my water. I'm I'm hydrated. I'm still tired. I have my I have my beverage product you know, placement. I I should have had one of those, but no. I didn't. Still early. Still early. It's four. All right, Andy. <laughs> Next one. Where are we? Next here? one. Uh, good question. Uh, according to I know this we got article, three more animals oh, yeah. to talk about. We'll obviously be posting any uh, articles that we talk about in this episode down yep. below in the description. Uh, our next one is Plankton. And I'm not talking about SpongeBob's nemesis. Maybe I am, actually. I don't know. Maybe you are. Um, <clears throat> in this case, Plankton is essentially referring to... Um, every card that you put in group hug that's what it boils down to the idea is that plankton are at the bottom of the food chain and serve as food for a lot of other animals so that the idea that plankton are helping everyone so uh yeah so any card that fits in group hug is probably is probably going to rank high on the plankton scale um so where we all draw a card we all Temple play a land Heartbreak, heartbeat of spring, um, um, that type of thing. Howling, yes. Wind, obviously, you said. Yeah. So any of these cards that, where where it helps everybody. Uh, so this is where you start to see significant overlap in things. So uh, it's awfully hard for a plankton card to also be a rattlesnake, but it could be. Um, the, a plankton card could definitely be a spider because it could surprise everyone and you know someone just plays it and hey suddenly we all get to draw five cards or something like that mm. um so it can there's de you definitely see overlap so plankton and something else wouldn't be a surprise um so it's uh you know it's yeah i find this one to be one of those ones that has a lot of that has overlap with with a lot of the other animals so that you can get a high score in both um, however, this is a pretty specific area of cards, I think. Um, you just don't see this as often. 
most of the time you're not interested in playing a, a card draw spell where everybody gets to draw. Um, mm. You know, that was always something that you did as a last resort. Or if you were playing the group hug game where everybody, you're just trying to move the, move the board along. Um, we have so many cards now in, in Magic that for the most part, you can draw cards in just about every color without giving cards to other people. So you don't yeah. have to do that. But, um, but it's out there, and there are plenty of folks that still play a lot of group hug and will take advantage of it. So um, just, yeah, that kind of card. It's, yeah, I think it's it's interesting considering how, like, in the grander scheme of things, like you were saying, there's there's so few. Uh, right. Or at least so few that are fairly playable. And I think the thing with Plankton cards that appeal to me is it is the uh, inclusion of everyone at the table um, while... I feel like the the thing that intrigues people about plankton cards is how to break it uh, so that it's not symmetrical. <laughs> um, right. Now, I mean, it doesn't even have to be perfectly symmetrical. My, I think my most, I think my favorite recent plankton style card is Master of Ceremonies. Mm. So Master of Ceremonies, for those who don't know, essentially... The person who controls Master of Ceremonies on their upkeep, they go around and they ask each person uh, whether that person wants a treasure to draw a card or get a 1-1 creature. And whatever they choose, the person who controls Master of Ceremonies also gets that. So they ask their opponents, they all get it. So it helps everybody, definitely helps you more, um, but it, it does fit on that plankton scale. It's not a perfect, a perfect amount. It's not perfect because it's not even, but you're helping everybody. Mm. You're just maybe helping yourself a little more. But that's that that is definitely a, a you know a kind of plankton card. Yeah, and I, I yeah I I think what I like about master ceremonies is that on the surface it seems like uh, a one for one trade like you like yeah. your opponent gets a card and you get a card. Um, but really it's a three for one. Like yeah. you're getting, like if everybody chooses to get a card, you're getting three while every, like you're up two. you know? Um, right. Everybody gets a card, but you get three. Um, right. And that's, so, I mean, obviously if they chose, if they all chose cards, but you know, it's, it's a fun little thing. I don't know. But yeah, and it, it works that way. Something to keep in mind, a card like Sylvan Offering, where, you choose an opponent, and you and the opponent both get something. It sounds like a Plankton card, and you could give it a little bit of a score on Plankton, but really, it's just you and that one person. If anything, you're hosing somebody else. Um, so it's, it, to me, those cards are more a case of trying to mess one other person um, by you know by helping everybody but the one person um like which, which is the one there's one where everybody gets a dragon except one person oh it specifically says it um you all, each of you get a five five dragon token except one guy one person That's... doesn't get it um and that is you see sounds a lot like plankton you, 
but realistically, it's just hammering on that one guy. It's more, you know, that's more to me. That's more spider than plankton. Yeah, you're you're going after that one person not by removing something they have, but by giving everybody else something. So, I mean, yes, you can score it on plankton, but I, I I'm not sure that I would score it that high. <laughs> that's so. uh, it's interesting. I wish I knew what that card was. That sounds horrendous. Oh, what is it? Some it it's just something dragon. I I cannot remember. It's completely fine. If you know what it is out there, feel free to drop us a comment, tweet at us. You know where to find us. We're right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> our next one. <laughs> we'll keep going. We got pigeons. Pigeons yes. are probably I think up there for my some of my favorites to play um yeah so pigeon pigeons are the dirty birds the uh uh the idea is that uh, the flock grows in direct proportion to the population around them so a bigger population of humans the more pigeons you tend to see the idea is that uh, these are cards that get better with the more with more enemies that you have, so um, if you want to go old school, pestilence. Mm. It just gets better with more opponents because you're taking out more stuff, um, and virtually every single card that says all opponents, as opposed to target opponent, that's a pigeon card. So um, and. As, as Magic is now catering more and more to Commander players and the multiplayer crowd, uh, you're seeing more and more cards that really fit under this label. Um, so it's uh, it's something that we're seeing seeing a lot more of lately. Mm. So it's uh, I, I love them, especially the ones that I mean, you know, you as somebody who has dabbled in aristocrats. Um, it's it's the difference between blood artist which targets an opponent um and uh i want to say zulaport cutthroat oh yeah. yeah where everyone takes one damage yeah where it says each opponent loses one life and you gain one um, here we go conrad yeah uh, it doesn't get more obvious than just straight up conrad um, <laughs> i mean talk about a card that gets better for, with more opponents yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if you've got things like, like lifelink. Like generally, a lot of this, uh, you'll you'll notice very commonly that a lot of this pigeon stuff is is damage to each. Uh, and so, like obviously yes. with Conrad, you know, you can really see how powerful it is as a pigeon if you add lifelink. Uh, right. Because. Now it's not just a three-point swing or a one-point swing each way. It's a, it's a two-point swing each way. But, like... Right. Um, yeah. Every, every card with extort mm. has a certain pigeon value. So, I mean, we just described... Uh, or you were just talking about... Which one was it? Crypt... Cryptgast. Um, as a cockroach card. Because the longer it stays out, the better it plays. This is true. It also scores pretty high on the pigeon on the pigeon ranking because it does have extort, which means that it's going to get uh, it's going to get better with the more with more opponents that you have because then you can extort your 
your spells as they come up. And if you've got three opponents, they each lose a life, you gain three. It just got better. So yeah. um, it's certainly something that got... Now, I mean, I'm not going to pretend extort cards are huge on the pigeon scale because most of the time it's just one damage to one <laughs> life. But, um, but, I mean, it's there. It ranks. It, so. uh, cards with uh, parlay. Those, those are generally yes. uh, this type of card where, uh, you know, with Solvala, you tap to reveal the top card. You get, I think it's uh, mana for each land and something else. I think it's th- a life or something, three life for each non-land or something. I think, no, it's anyway. all one. It's all one, but yeah. I um, have it up on the <clears throat> screen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other one is Brina. I'm thinking mm. of Brina because I just built a deck with Brina recently. But Brina encourages in, uh, it encourages you to attack one of my opponents as long as they don't have the lowest life total. Or yeah, so it sends you elsewhere. But the more opponents you have, the more options you get. Mm. And if there's more opponents, they're more likely to do that, and you're more likely to get the benefit. So. Um, again, it's not a perfect example of a pigeon, but it's pretty good. Um, it does. It's a card that definitely gets better with more players. I mean, I would not want to play Brina in a three-player game. Uh, it just doesn't. It's just not nearly as effective. So, hate to tell you, Bruce. Uh, yeah, she's not a pigeon. She's now. Ah, well, a bird is a bird. Um, <laughs> at least, so, at least when magic's concerned, bird's a bird, right? Or, or in this case, an elf. Because if, uh, what is it, Edric? Mm. Edric gives an, lets an opponent draw a card if they attack another opponent. Yeah. Um, again, not a card that necessarily gets significantly better with each opponent, but it does get better because if you've got, you know, with more opponents, there's more other places to swing. So it is going, it is going to get better that way. Um, but yeah. So. Yeah. Um, you can also have a pigeon that's a, uh, uh, what was the first one? Gosh, uh, rattlesnake. Pigeons and rattlesnakes can also very well be, uh, go hand in hand. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, we just talked about Nev's disc and Brina, (laughs) Nev's disc. These are all cards that they do get better with, with multiple opponents and they're encouraging you to go elsewhere. So, Mm. um, yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. Andy, we got one more. One more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the big bad boy of the world, the, the gorilla. Uh, the gorilla in the um, room. Gorilla, I would say, is probably more straightforward than Rattlesnake. Uh, it's, it's the thing that yeah. when you put it down, people go, that's the threat. Yes, that I think that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> I mean, there's no hide. There's no hide in the gorilla. Now, <clears throat> when you Except look at among the other, cards, other gorillas, right? If you have multiple gorillas, then it's then suddenly you are the threat, not necessarily the gorilla. But it's the same the same idea. So, a gorilla can also be a rattlesnake. Mm-hmm. A massive a massive creature certainly acts as a deterrent. It certainly warns people not to attack you because you've got this massive creature. So it discourages folks from attacking you. Um, a gorilla is... Pr- it's pretty hard for a gorilla to be a spider. Maybe when the gorilla comes out, 
it acted like a spider. Maybe the gorilla has flash, and that's what makes it a spider. But for the most part, gorilla is gorilla. The idea is that it's there. You know, I am now, you know, I am definitely the one who's leading this game. You need to deal with me. You need to deal with this, this permanent in some way. Um, so, and this doesn't necessarily have to be a massive creature. Um, uh, any mass removal spell when there's, you know, a dozen plus creatures on the board, that's a gorilla. Mm. And yeah, it comes out as a, you can argue that it's also a spider. Um, so you can, you know, you, and it hits that way. Um, gorillas can definitely be a cockroach style, especially as, as the cockroach sits there a little longer. Suddenly what didn't look like it was a problem before has suddenly become a problem because now it's a gorilla. That assemble the legion when it hits that fourth token and suddenly they've got four one ones out there and you're looking at five the next turn, if you don't deal with it, that that's going to be a problem. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's usually the yeah. the uh, the big glowing eye of uh, right to use to use video game terms. It's the big glowing yes. eye of the boss, and like uh, if you're playing, you know, a lot of gorillas, you need to also provide protection or backups. Uh, <laughs> right, but uh, I think that it's it's easy to when like flipping through cards to be like, okay, this is a gorilla. This is you know. Uh, rattlesnake, whatever, um, and right. It's probably not advised to just fill your deck up with gorillas, but well, the difficulty though, uh, gorillas tend to be higher cost, higher mana cost cards mm -hmm. um, because that's what makes them gorilla. You're not going to find too many one or two mana cards that are gorillas. So you know, the gorillas are the big bang cards. Mm. These are these are the ones that when they come down, the opponents have to pay attention. You want to have a bunch of these in your deck. You just obviously, you know, you also have want to want to have cards that are going to get you to those. You want to have cards that are going to keep you in the game until those gorillas can start hitting the board and making a difference. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Andy, I want you to pick a pick a card. Probably a creature is going to be the easiest way to do this. So, a, a queen of hearts. I was thinking a magic card. Oh, uh, <laughs> you said creature. Preferably, yeah, I think so. I mean, we can do it with with any card, but we just don't um, choose a land. Yeah. Uh, let's go with my girl Ashaya. Shia Soul of the Wild is three green green star star legendary creature elemental. Shia Soul of the Wild's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. Non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types. All right. So Shia Soul of the Wild. So let's look at it from let's just go through each of the six types. Mm -hmm. And just sort of give it a general ranking as far as how high up we think this is. So, Shasola for a rattlesnake, clearly going to be a clearly going to be pretty dependent on where we are in the game. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> ob obviously, well, I mean, well, okay, so 
if it costs three, let's or if it costs five, let's assume you have five lands out. So you're getting a five-five creature. Mm-hmm. Um, that means something. That's a that's a significant rattlesnake. Um, if you have five lands out, actually, she's a six-six because she is also now a land. Oh, okay. But regardless, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So she's a six-six. Either way, a six-six creature in and of itself is a rattlesnake. It discourages mm. opponents from swinging your way. Um, so there's, you know, there's that. So how about the spider aspect? Pretty low on the spider aspect. Um, the only real surprise coming here is that they don't know what the next creature is going to be other than it's going to be able to tap for green because it'll be a mm. forest in addition to whatever yeah. else it's doing. Um, I think the biggest spidery aspect of this would be like if you just already have a lot of creatures out. Um, right. Because then you can plop her down and then use those creatures as mana. But Yeah, so arguably then you uh, can make her free. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but, yeah. So yeah, so you would score that wherever you're gonna, wherever you think that is that holds value. Um, the cockroach, as far as it, you know, how does it get stronger as it as it stays on the battlefield longer? Definitely. I mean, you're going to continue to play lands, um, and, and you're going to play more <laughs> creatures. So your the amount of mana that you're going to have for other stuff just goes up and up and up. Um, so this is definitely scores well on the cockroach scale. Uh, for plankton. Uh, almost a zero. This really isn't helping your opponents <laughs> at all. Um, it, look, it, most cards when it comes to plankton either score really high or really low. There's not mm. a whole lot of mid-range plankton cards. It's just, it's just the uh, the way it is for plankton. Uh, for pigeon, um, I don't know that this is getting that much better for for multiple enemies. Other than it's offering you more mana to be able to handle more enemies, yeah, and that's that's kind of a stretch. So I'd give it some score, but a fairly low ranking. I mean, you know, maybe a one at one or a two out of six. I, I don't know, uh, just fairly a fairly low score. Yeah, um, and then there's gorilla. Uh, she's a gorilla. <laughs> she's a freaking gorilla. There is no doubting it. It's a massive. The, the value creature. get off. Yeah, the value get off. Uh, of her being a big creature and the value you yep. get off of being able to create more mana than you have lands. Well, than you have land lands. Like, because yes. now you have creature lands or like. Right. Yeah. And it just, so this, that sort of thing just goes crazy. And if yeah. this comes out, you know that this is kind of what that player is looking to do. This is, this is a key card. So you have to deal with it. That's kind of the definition of what a gorilla is. So I would give it a very high score on the gorilla ranking. Um, you know, sure. Let uh, say Emrakul. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Emrakul would be a ten out of ten on the on the gorilla scale. Well, Ashaya then is probably seven eight, somewhere in there. Not not impossible, but it's important and it needs to be dealt with. So essentially, that's what you're looking to do with the um with the animal scale this isn't a case of determining which you know a shia which one which one is a shia is it a rattlesnake a spider that's not how this is supposed to work yeah all creatures generally have some of each of these of each of these creature uh, of each of these creature rankings and the idea is you look at each of them and give it you know a bit of a ranking for each of them 
it's sort of a way to to measure the value of a of magic card versus a magic card. So then you would give them each a ranking based on this, and then you look at the next card and say, how does it compare in these rankings? And then you get a sense of which one's better overall. That's really what yeah. we're looking at with these uh, with these anim- with the animal styles. So animal styles. Um, yep. I yeah. I mean, and like this obviously goes. I mean, we were using Seal of Doom as as an example, so like this obviously right. goes beyond creatures too. Um, it absolutely does. I mean, uh, when Anthony created this uh, these animal rankings, um, famously the highest card at the time was uh, uh, Pernicious Deed. Because mm. you look at a card like Pernicious Deed, and nothing screams Rattlesnake like a Pernicious Deed. I can destroy everything when I want to. That's a rattlesnake if ever there was one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's huge. A spider aspect, a lot less so because the threat comes when it's on the battlefield. But there is always the sense of when it could happen. So there's a little bit of spider, but very small. The cockroach, obviously this thing, the longer it stays on the battlefield, the better it gets. Because it's messing with your opponents the entire time. And the longer it stays out, the more likely there's more things that it's going to destroy. You're oh, also yeah. going to be able to put more mana into it, so it could get worse and worse. Um, plankton, uh, I mean, you can argue that it helps everybody because it destroys everything equally. So there's some score, but that's pretty weak. That's a pretty weak way to try and get a plankton score by, by wiping out <laughs> your opponents, uh, or by wiping out all of the permanents. Um, and a pigeon, well. Yeah, Pernicious Deed definitely scores high on the Pigeon score because it's it's getting stronger with more opponents. Yeah. It's taking out more stuff. It just yeah. does. So that's why a card like Pernicious Deed ranks so high because it scores so well in so many categories. Um, so yeah. Would you consider, consider it a gorilla? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Ab- absolutely. You put that down, it's something that has to be dealt with immediately. It has to be dealt with. It just alters the way everybody has to play until it's gone. That makes you can't, sense. You can't wait around. Um, and, you know, you know it's a rattlesnake. Like I said when we were talking about the rattlesnakes, you got to go in right away. Yeah. Make them use the deed now. Sure, sure. It's going to hurt, and you're going to wish that they didn't. But it's going to be worse the longer you wait. The longer, the perni- longer a pernicious deed sits on the battlefield the worse it is for you and everybody else who's not that player. Yeah. It just is. You you can't let that sort of thing sit in the back. The same holds true for virtually any rattlesnake, any gorilla. Um, I mean, you know, you just can't let that, that sort of thing hang there and, and, and alter the way people are playing their game. Yeah, because like with, so. with, with things like gorillas and with... Uh, rattlesnakes you're the the longer you wait to go after said threat uh, the longer you aren't paying attention to some third thing you know so right. like you're you're letting them obviously get away with so much free action like <clears throat> they get to start doing their plan and you're still trying to take care of their last one um, right no, you, you, it, it just plays right into their plans if you're just trying to dodge it. 
Mm. There's just it's a bad a bad setup. But in any event, that's the idea behind. Uh, yeah, that's the idea behind the animal rankings. So, yeah, this has been great. This is a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I always love learning new. What's the word? Uh, vocabulary, sure. um, because uh, it it helps it helps me understand more of what I'm looking for in not only games but in cards and how to like make decks and try to figure out like um, strategies of how I want to play the game. Um, right, and I think that this is super helpful from all the way from the most casual player to the most competitive player um it's it's ideas like this uh that really i don't know are solid um solid ways to think about the game so i think that's gonna do it for this this week all right uh we've got all the articles in the description so feel free uh you know Check out check out Abe's stuff. He's still writing for Cool Stuff Inc. This article yeah. was written back in 2012. Uh, and um, I is it Anthony still writing? Right? No, no, no. Anthony stopped writing a while ago. Oh, um, he was doing a bad. podcast with Sheldon Minery for a little bit, uh, but he stopped doing that as well. So, um, but he's out there on Twitter. Uh, I think it's A Alonji on Twitter think i believe it's just anthony alonghi now alonghi. okay yeah perfect uh, um yeah i i can't recommend it enough i would point you to more uh more articles and like i said i did the entire hall of fame i would love to be able to share all that with you wizards of course has managed to lose that when they tran when they ported into an, with a new server so um all of the links to all of my old articles are now trashed so um mm-hmm. But either way, I, I think I think Abe and uh, Abe and Anthony himself have obviously done a great job in describing their in describing the, uh, the For characters. Sure. I recommend both articles. So, um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. We're Temple of False Pod, where decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Thank you so much for listening, for watching, for hanging out. I want to play magic. That's all I want to do with life. <laughs> uh, play me. some magic for me. And uh, may your fifth land be the temple. Bye. Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Mana Burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fit land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!